Hello and welcome to Paranormal or What podcast. I'm your host, Michaela Ford. Come in, draw up a comfortable chair and settle down for tonight's stories. Coming up tonight, we've got a whole lot of Bigfoot. We also have a peek into the British Woodwose or Wildman to see if it bears any resemblance to its larger cousin found in North America. We have a look into apparent evidence found of Sasquatch's existence on the Discovery Plus show Expedition Bigfoot, as well as giving you an idea of what to look out for if you're out in the forest alone at night and you think you see a large figure looming behind a tree. So, snuggle up and get ready for a journey into the unknown. Don't forget, together we can figure it out. And so too the Woodwose, Bigfoot's European cousin, but what are they? How similar are they to Bigfoots? And where do they live? What do they look like? Is it a completely different phenomena? Or are they related? This is what Morgan Yanker has to say on the website itotd.com. Like the Loch Ness Monster or the Abominable Snowman, I usually think of Bigfoot or Sasquatch as a distinctly 20th century phenomenon. However, while it's true that interest in these legendary creatures was stoked by images captured through the modern means of photography and film, the stories surrounding them actually go back centuries. From the lakes of Scotland, to the heights of the Himalayas, to the Pacific Northwest of America, Locals have long attested to the presence of these elusive beings. Although little known today, a mythical creature with striking similarities to Bigfoot was believed to exist an even longer time ago in medieval Europe, called a woodwose, or in Anglo-Saxon, Wuduwasa. This wild man of the forest was a familiar figure in the literature and visual arts of the Middle Ages. As with Bigfoot, the Woodwose's natural territory was believed to be the forest, hence the name literally meaning Woodman, and it too was said to be a hominoid covered in a heavy coat of hair. However, the Woodwose was rarely described as ape-like, as Bigfoot often is. Rather, it was a creature very similar to other humans, but with a wild manner, an unusual amount of hair all over its body. Different theories have been put forward about the origin of the Woodworse myth, including the medieval belief that Woodworses were people who'd wandered into the woods and as a means of survival grew hair to protect themselves from the elements. Another theory was that people born with an excess of body hair retreated from human society and led isolated lives as wild men and women. In opposition to these ideas, some modern researchers 
have proposed that Woodworth sightings were actually sightings of Neanderthals still living in medieval Europe. While it is unclear exactly how the image of the Woodworths arose, once it entered the public's imagination, it became a common motif in architecture, visual arts and literature. For example, Woodworths were often featured in the decoration of medieval churches, most particularly in ceiling bosses, the pieces of sculpture placed at the intersections of over overlapping roof vaults. Overlapping roof vaults. They were also depicted in works of art by such illustrious printmakers as Albrecht Dürer and Martin Schoengauer. So, do people see woodworses in the forests of Britain and Europe? Are they seen today? Are they human-like or are they more like the Bigfoots of North America? Let's see if we can find some sightings and see what people say. So, what is Bigfoot, you ask? Well, according to Britannica.com, Sasquatch, also called Bigfoot, from the Salish word seskak, meaning wild men, is a large, hairy, human-like creature believed by some people to exist in the northwestern United States and western Canada. It seems to represent the North American counterpart of the Himalayan region's mythical monster, the Abominable Snowman, or the Tibetan Yeti. However, Bigfoots have been claimed to live in many other parts of the world, including Australia, who has the Yowie, South America's Mapinguari, Chinese, Yeren, Indonesia's Orang Pendek, Mongolia's Almas or Almasti, and the Russian Menk. The British explorer David Thompson is sometimes credited with the first discovery of a set of Sasquatch footprints in 1811, and hundreds of alleged prints have been adduced since then. Visual sightings and even alleged photographs and filmings notably by Roger Patterson at Bluff Creek, California in 1967, have also contributed to the legend, though none of the purported evidence has been verified. Bigfoot or Sasquatch is variably described as a primate ranging from 6 to 15 feet tall, standing erect on two feet and often giving off a foul smell. Footprints have measured up to 24 inches in length and 8 inches in width. A Soviet scientist, Boris A Soviet scientist, Boris Porshnev, suggested that Sasquatch and his Siberian counterpart, the Almas, could be a remnant of Neanderthals. Other signs of Bigfoot, if you're out in the forest, searching around, or squatching as it's called, 
could be if you hear calls or roaring which are long and primate like sometimes with a grunting sound at the end if you want to hear similar calls to these you could watch Discovery's Finding Bigfoot and um, the people on there especially Bobo does a fantastic rendition of a Sasquatch call um, Bigfoots are believed to build nests and structures can be found that are interwoven with leaves and branches and moss laid on the floor where the Sasquatch lays to have a rest. And sometimes mathematical type tree structures. This always reminds me of the part on the Blair Witch Project where they come across the tree structures in the forest. It always freaks me out. I'm sure I'll feel a lot better coming across one now to think that it could be made by a Bigfoot rather than a witch. So, Bigfoot behaviour. What are we looking out for? Wood knocking. It's believed that they communicate to each other with singular or more knocks on trees. Knocking over trees. Um, They can show their anger or dominance by knocking over trees as a warning to humans who are out in the forest. Apparently they can be quite curious of humans. There are plenty of stories of Bigfoots peering in house windows or peering from behind trees before running away at often astonishing speeds. They're also purported to eat deer and elk in the USA, small animals, berries and vegetation. But what do they look like? Well, reports vary wildly. Generally though, they're said to be between seven and nine feet tall, although some have been reported to be up to 15 feet tall with big barrel shaped chests a triangular head red orange or blue green eyes that seem to give off their own light when they walk they often are reported to move silently and fluidly their arms swinging beside them, but without the head bobbing that humans have. When we walk, we go up and down. Bigfoots are reported to just move fluidly, almost like they're not even moving their legs sometimes. They've been reported to have rippling thigh and butt muscles, which would really tie in with them being bipedal, walking on two legs. It's been said that their hair on their head is longer. It's They don't have hair around their eyes or on the tops of their nose. Their noses are large and flat. 
the hair, the hair all over the body is thick, like the hair on a gorilla, and usually it's reported to be black or dark brown. Although sometimes people have reported all white Sasquatch or blonde, or sometimes they have dark hair with blonde sort of streaks or tufts in. And apparently their feet are big and wide and quite flat without archers like humans have. So this bipedal primate, extremely muscular, quite a sight to see if you're out in the forest. Several people have reported them mimicking human behaviour, even smiling and eating like humans. One woman reported it copied her eating a sandwich. They're reported to have big flat teeth, similar to herbivores, but having canine teeth too. So this suggests that much of their diet is vegetarian, but they do have the capacity to eat meat also. So, to go back to my original question, what are the main differences between American Bigfoots and UK Woodworses? Well, the main differences seem to be that the American Bigfoots are much bigger and resemble primates quite closely. The UK Woodworses are reported to be more human-sized and whilst they are covered in hair, seem to be more like us in looks. That said, there are people in the UK who've described a creature much more like the American Bigfoot. Maybe there's more than one species of hairy hominid out there for us to discover. I, for one, will be out in those forests as soon as we're allowed to travel again. As As Mulder and Scully said, the truth is out there and I intend to find it. This is Joanne Ridout's experience. She sent me her story from the Bigfoot Research Team UK's Facebook page. I was talking with my friends about experiences that we'd had to do with Bigfoot when it reminded me of a story from when I was a student in Winchester. This actually happened to Joanne. I was studying sheep farming. Two days a week I had to go to a farm to work with the sheep. My first day going to the farm, I had to go by mountain bike as I hadn't got a car. This was around 25 years ago. Anyway, I followed a map I was given through the forest. Quite quickly, I got lost. It was a clear, sunny day, and as I'd grown up around a forest, I was used to the smells and noises and familiar sights. I came up to a gate which had razor wire at the top and across the hedgerow and went on for miles. I was trying to get the bike over and saw a small gap in the hedge I could climb through. Past the gate was a cottage. From the cottage a man appeared with a gun. 
He came over and asked where I was going. So I told him. He unlocked the gate and ushered me quickly through, then locked the gate after us. He said, You were lucky to get through. I asked why. He said, The people of the forest roam around here. I have to keep them away from my house. The guy then put my bike in his Land Rover and took me to the farm. I asked around as to who the forest people are, only to be told it's best to stay away. My goodness, so are these the Woodworths folk that people's, people talk about, the legendary Woodworths, the wild men of the forest? The forest people, very spooky. This next story was reported by Thomas from Kentucky. It was found on the Bigfoot Believers Facebook page. The true story of a white Bigfoot sighting was told to me by my grandmother, who grew up in Mason County, Kentucky, on a side road called Pleasant Ridge Road. The story she told us sent cold chills up our backs. She was about five years old, living in a farmhouse with her mother and father and siblings. Late in the night the dogs were barking so her father got up to check out the problem. As he walked down the hallway he stopped and stood rooted to the floor in fear. In the living room stood a white Bigfoot standing over a baby in a crib that was next to the fireplace. My grandmother saw the creature and started to cry at which point the Bigfoot turned towards the family, then quickly went out of the back door. About 69 years later, in 1980, another sighting happened, about three miles from the story my grandmother told. It was on a hill called Happy Ridge. It was late October, and the family was watching TV when their daughter came into the living room telling her father, something's trying to open the window so the father told her it was just the dog. Later that night, something hit the front door. The father got up and opened the door, and there stood a large white creature covered in hair from head to foot. He yelled at it and it took off running. So the father got a flashlight and a pistol and chased the Bigfoot towards the barn. The creature stopped and faced him. In terror, the man shot two rounds into its stomach. The Bigfoot just looked at him in a puzzled way and then ran off. Later, another sighting happened on US 68 outside of Maeslick, Kentucky, by a truck driver who said it was standing on the highway. He slowed down to have a better look and on realising what it was, he sped away in fear. I have to say that there do seem to be a lot of sightings of Bigfoots in, Con in Kentucky. I have to say there do seem to be a lot of sightings of Bigfoots in the state of Kentucky. Maybe it's just 
really good Bigfoot area. Dense with trees and forest, lots of deer and elk to eat, lots of vegetation and hardly any people in the middle of the forest. Wow. Whilst I've been searching for information about the British Bigfoot phenomena or the Woodworths or Green Man, the Wild Men of Britain, I came across this very interesting article. It's by a man called James McMahon and he's posted it on a site called theface.com. So he asks, what is this mysterious humanoid that keeps being seen in British woodland? It must have been mid-afternoon when I saw it, says British Bigfoot expert Deborah Hartswell. The sun was shining on us. It was a lovely day, really. I was chatting and laughing with my friend when we both caught a slight movement in the bushes and shadows. I was just a kid, a teenager. She pauses. Her now 52-year-old mind scanning for the exact details of an otherwise average day within a lot of other average days growing up in Pendleton, Salford in the 1980s. For those of you who are in the US, Salford is near Manchester in the north of England. Hartswell has been investigating Bigfoot in Britain and other weird phenomena since the early 1990s. For her, the search for Bigfoot is personal. The next thing that happened was a huge, hairy, gorilla-type face was thrust at us from the bushes. It was a huge thing, like a man and an ape had been pushed together. It had amber, dark eyes with dark brown hair, and yet it had a redness to it. Its jawline was thickly muscled, and its teeth were like a human's. His nose was flattish, like a boxer. It was the most terrified I've ever been in my life. I pushed my friend over and ran, screaming for my life. Britain is a land that is old and scarred with folklore, a place where ancient pagan stories echo through the ages, despite Romans, Vikings and Christianity having made the island their home too a melting pot of conflicting superstition and belief. It's said there's a sea monster in Loch Ness, Scotland. Sightings of UFOs above Suffolk's Rendlesham Forest. Ferocious beasts roaming upon Bodmin Moor since 1978. Vampires and ghosts seen in Highgate Cemetery, North London. The Mermaid of Zena off the coast of Cornwall. But Bigfoot... An American icon. I looked back, says Hartswell, resuming her story. And my friend was running too, but the creature just leant back into the greenery as if he'd melted away. I still can't really explain what I saw. I didn't ask for it. I didn't wish for it. 
I must have looked a right state running home, my face full of snot and tears, like I'd seen a ghost. I often wish it had been a ghost. There are explanations for seeing a ghost. Everyone wants to hear a ghost story. No one wants to listen to a 15-year-old girl who insists she saw an ancient ape man while she was playing in the park. I've been obsessed with uncovering the truth of what I saw that day ever since. It was right here, says Stacia Briggs, pointing to a patch of ground at her feet in the woodland in which we stand. We saw it just as we were leaving the forest, after we were last here looking for Bigfoot. We'd spooked ourselves by wandering into deep thickets of trees and swearing we could smell the telltale odour that people claim Bigfoot has. We saw a clear sign that something the size of a fairly small deer had been dragged from close to the roadside into the trees. It's a chilly Saturday in Thetford Forest, the largest lowland pine forest in Britain, in fact, which is situated at the point whereupon the northern tip of Suffolk meets the south end of Norfolk. We're here with Briggs as well as her friend and colleague, Sofra Connor, and maybe Bigfoot. Somewhere. It's possible there have been sightings in this ancient forest for decades. Briggs and Connor met at a newspaper and magazine publisher in Norwich. They were friends drawn to each other by a shared interest in sea serpents, demon goat heads and witchcraft. In the 1600s, Norfolk was the hunting ground for Matthew Hopkins, professional misogynist and the country's self-appointed witchfinder general. Together, Briggs and Connor run the Weird Norfolk podcast, which for the last three years has chronicled the region's remarkable history of strange goings-on. They're never short of material. Norfolk is a large rural community, explains Comma, blowing on her fingers to warm up. Farms stay in families, so folklore, traditions and superstitions get passed down from generation to generation and are still shared today. And our rural landscape hasn't really been encroached upon by modern developments. There are still places in Norfolk where you feel like you're a million miles away from anywhere or anyone. There's still magic here. The environment lends itself to weird tales. Indeed, just under 50 miles east of here is the aforementioned Rendlesham Forest, an alleged UFO sighting back in December 1980, has seen the area nicknamed Britain's Roswell ever since. Then there's the demon dog, Black Shook, one of Britain's most infamous cryptids, seen on coastal plains, the Fens. There've been sightings of headless horsemen in Bristol, of lantern men, fiery visions that lead enchanted victims to death by drowning in Wiccan Fen, Cambridgeshire. Plus, more ghosts than you can say, than you can shake a stick at. Deborah Hartswell heard about a Bigfoot sighting at Kellingheath in Holt, North Norfolk, this summer. A 12-year-old boy came and told me he and his friend saw a large, hairy man with a dog's head about seven feet tall in the woods, said the witness. He said it had white eyes and they heard it walking about too. 
I went to the wooded area on my own, but I was overcome with terror and didn't dare go in. I felt I was being watched or warned off. Seriously, I've been in situations in my life that are scary, but this was terrifying. On the stretch of road that runs parallel to the forest we stand in today, the A1075, there have been dozens of sightings of a bipedal fur-covered creature. There are reports by several witnesses of a bear wandering Thetford Forest back in 1979. Police searched the area. Nothing was found. But the beast of the A1075, as it's come to be known, was first seen in June 1986. The witness reported seeing the four-legged creature, covered in scraggy grey hair, rise up to its hind legs, standing like a human. It was estimated at eight feet tall and resembled a bear or wolf. In 2007, another witness described seeing a similar creature in the same area. Two years later, in 2009, a rambler came face to face with a creature not of this world in a clearing inside the forest. Then, in 2011, a lorry driver saw a four-legged creature running at speed through the grass. It approached him, rose onto two legs, then ran away. He describes the creature as being ape-like. In 2017, a tall and inexplicable creature was seen walking along the side of the road. Others report stones being thrown at them, glowing eyes coming from thickets at a height too high to be human. There have been reports of dogs refusing to enter the forest, while some claim they felt an overwhelming sensation of being watched or trailed. Something I found interesting are how many woodworse carvings there are in the churches around here, says Briggs, wading through the long grass. In folklore, woodworse are wild men, though there's a rare female carved into the font at St Catherine's Church in Ludham near Great Yarmouth. They're depicted covered completely in hair and carrying a club. They started cropping up in the designs of churches during the 12th century, and it was believed that they scared away evil spirits. They were said to eat children and grab people. Look over here, says Connor, gesturing to what looks like a crudely built wigwam. And over there, and over there. On closer inspection, the structures resemble teepees, the name used for structures made out of arched branches in Bigfoot investigations across the globe. People believe that Bigfoot uses them to communicate with other Bigfoots. The teepees do make for a weird sight. What could have made these strange, surprisingly complex structures? It might not be Bigfoot that people are seeing, says Connor, but they're seeing something. It's definitely food for thought. You wouldn't think that the UK had forests big enough to be able to have Bigfoots in them, but apparently there are. I know where I'm going to be going on my next holiday. I'll be heading straight towards Norwich and Thetford Forest, to be sure.
Bigfoot researchers often get their hopes up and get very excited when presented with evidence such as photographs, videos and footprints. However, more often than not, these end in disappointment, such as a report from Kathleen Levy in the Lansing State Journal in 2016. A blurry photo from an Upper Peninsula trail camera shows a beast next to a barrel. It has black fur and long legs. It's hunched over so you can't see its torso or face. The photo, posted on the blog Crypto Sighting in 2016, sparked some debate. Could it be another sighting of the hairy monster popular in American folklore? Or something more mundane? The answer wasn't what believers had hoped. After a few days of debate and further research, a photo taken on the same trail 13 minutes later showed that the possible Bigfoot sighting was indeed a bear. But Bigfoot believers have plenty of other unsolved Upper Peninsula sightings to keep them speculating. For example, the Upper Peninsula Bigfoot Sasquatch Research Organisation reports on its Facebook page that there was a sighting as recently as September the 5th, bearing in mind this was 2016, the report, near the northern Lower Peninsula community of South Branch in Ogemore County. A motorist driving in light fog at about 7am reported a large figure that looked like a person in a ghillie suit. That's a type of hunting camouflage for those of you who don't know. According to a follow-up report, the driver was an experienced hunter who described the figure as thick and wide and all black. He knew it wasn't a bear because he figured once it started moving, especially when it went into the ditch, it should have gone down on all fours. He slowed down to five miles per hour as he passed the location and to his surprise there was no trail or driveway. A hunter in a ghillie suit didn't make sense since it was not hunting season yet. There have been enough Bigfoot sightings in the Upper Peninsula that the Animal Planet show Finding Bigfoot recorded an episode in O-Train in 2013 and the first ever Bigfoot convention took place that August in Newbury. The Department of Natural Resources tracks cougars, bears and wolves and it's only had a few reports of mythic creature sightings. We've only had a rare amount of reports of sightings of Bigfoot or Sasquatch in the Upper Peninsula or across Michigan, said the reporter. Rarer still are first-hand accounts. Most of these infrequent reports we have received are provided second-hand from someone who says they heard a story from someone else. Now, speaking of the Finding Bigfoot programme, and the new programme out, Expedition Bigfoot, I have to say that these are really interesting viewing to me. But how much of it is true? We end up having an innate distrust of television programmes because we can't see what's going on behind the scenes. Are they being actually truthful about what they've found? 
Is it just for the television? Have the people who reported their sightings reported honestly? Or is that just for the TV? What do you think? Also, we can't tell what's been edited out. I must say, though, that the new Expedition Bigfoot Series 2 has got me absolutely enthralled. And a little bit more on that later on. The Britannica website claims that most scientists do not recognise the creature's existence. However, anyone who's been watching Discovery Travel Channel's Expedition Bigfoot might disagree with that. The Expedition Bigfoot team, Bryce Johnson, Dr Maria Mayer, Russell Accord and Ronnie LeBlanc, have been hot on the tail of many new Bigfoot sightings in the US state of Kentucky. They've been using an advanced data algorithm to pinpoint exact locations within a massive area of forest where the mathematical odds of a Bigfoot encounter are greatly increased. As we've watched with bated breath, I certainly have anyway, their analysis has uncovered something new. Possible Bigfoot migratory patterns that may reveal precisely where the legendary beasts will be and when they will be there. Using the latest in advanced technologies, evidence of Bigfoot begins to pile up, including vocalisations, unexplained structures, DNA samples and massive footprints that no man could have left behind. While this evidence might not confirm that the creature exists definitively, the data shows that evidence of an unexpected species of primate appeared in the United States, an area in which it would be incredibly unlikely to appear. In this regard, it's possible that there are other species of primates that have existed in the US without human discovery, which could lend credence to the idea that a massive Bigfoot could be out in the wild, existing undetected. Per press release by the Discovery Plus channel. During filming deep in the wilderness of Kentucky's Appalachian Highlands, eDNA collected from soil under a massive tree structure found by Dr. Mayer and LeBlanc produced surprising and exciting results. Environmental DNA or eDNA, is the genetic material naturally left behind by animals in the environment. Scientific analysis of these samples helps generate a snapshot of any living creatures. This revolutionary new tool is increasingly used to confirm the presence of elusive animals. This scientific expedition may have finally taken one of the world's greatest mysteries out of the pages of legend and law and into reality, Dr. Mayer shared in a statement. Miroslava Munguia Ramos, project manager at the UCLA California Environmental DNA Program, has analysed the eDNA sample from the tree structure. Following are her observations. 
We received soil samples from your team and took a few months to get them processed. What we're looking at are the unique organisms that we were able to identify. That we were able to identify. Our software does what's known as metabar coding. So it'll match up all the DNA sequences that we were able to detect and try to cross-reference them with the thousands of genomes that have been published. And it's pretty common that when we're looking at environmental DNA samples, we detect humans, because there's going to be human traces almost everywhere. But what I found very interesting was that, yes, we have detected human DNA in these areas, but we're still seeing different primate DNA. There wasn't just one human primate, there are several different primates, some sort of primate relative that exists in the data. Pan troglodyte is a species of chimpanzee, which you would not see in the areas you're at. It's a real head-scratcher. It's important to note that the higher the detection, the more confident we can say that whatever organism, whatever taxonomy we're looking at was apparent in the area. And in this case, we're looking at the pan genus, or the chimpanzee genus. There's 3,000 reeds. The technology is constantly improving, it's getting more accurate, and now it just really comes down to making sure we have enough samples and we're confident that whatever we're studying is a unique species. Dr Mayer expanded on this unique discovery. Finding what appears to be a very large structure, seemingly created with intention and requiring great strength as well as foresight, is interesting. It's not unheard of for primates to stack sticks or rocks, although for me the jury is still out as to what it was. There's no guesswork in science. It's great that the eDNA was collected from that site. That may give us the answers we're looking for. The process of describing and confirming a new species is difficult. DNA is absolutely essential in the scientific community to prove that something is a new or recognised species. You have eyewitness accounts from tens of thousands of people who say they've encountered Bigfoot, some coming forward with blurry videos and photographs, but that's just not going to cut it. What we need is indisputable genetic evidence to really put this mystery to rest. And there's no doubt in my mind that we're headed in the right direction. Wow, exciting stuff, eh? Well, if you want to find out what happens next, watch Expedition Bigfoot on Discovery Plus. I have to say, I'm absolutely glued to it. So, where does that leave us? The thing about Bigfoot and the Woodworse is that you just have to make your own mind up, I think. If there are real-life hairy hominids living undetected in forests all around the world, surely we, as humans, must be close to proving their existence.
Well, that's all we've got time for this week. Don't forget to join me on our Facebook page, which is Paranormal or What Podcast. Also, remember to send me your stories so that we can share them on the show. Send me your email stories to paranormalorwhatpodcast at outlook.com or send messages recorded on your mobile device to anchor.fm forward slash paranormalorwhatpodcast forward slash messages. Thank you for listening this evening. I've had a lovely time. I can't wait to hear your stories. And remember, together we can figure it out. Take care and see you next week. Bye.